How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer for Thursday, July the 1st. Hey, happy Canada Day to my fellow Canadians. My friends, there's quite a bit I want to dive into today, so let's jump right into it. And I think the first thing that I would like to talk about is this Twitter thread that got quite popular today. It came from an indie developer who was talking about how difficult it is to make an indie game successful on PlayStation. They don't call out PlayStation specifically, but it is quite obvious, and other indie developers further commented confirming that it was PlayStation. And this thread from Ian Garner, who's the co-founder of Neon Doctrine, he basically criticized not just the lack of promotion that PlayStation gave indie developers, but also limiting their ability to do their own promotion and try and make their game popular and get, get sales, essentially. So apparently, in order to get featured on the PlayStation Store, you need to spend $25,000, which is a huge fee, especially for an indie studio. There's a whole lot of hoops that you have to go through in order to launch your game on the store. There's certain things like wishlisting and launch discounts and really just any other indication of getting a game to be popular and to sell isn't really supported by PlayStation. They're, they make it quite difficult to do. And a lot of other indie developers saw this Twitter thread and they said, hey, this guy is totally right. And also we have sold so few copies of our games on this platform, even compared to things like itch.io, which is a pretty popular indie game site. But I'm sure a lot of you haven't heard of itch.io and the fact that they can sell more copies on that compared to PlayStation, obviously that's not a great sign. The founder of No More Robots, Mike Rose, said this on Twitter, quote, There's a thread going around today that lots of people are sharing. The reason you don't see more threads like it is because devs are too worried to say it publicly. But trust me when I say that the vast majority of devs are reading that thread and nodding their heads violently. End quote. So anyway, I wanted to bring this up because I think it really goes to show how intentionally supporting indie developers is something that platforms have to do if they want those games to be successful. And if you are ever wondering why maybe indie games weren't as cheap or supported or popular on PlayStation compared to other platforms, that would be why. So there's ups and downs for each platform, and this just happens to be one of their downs. The developers of Control, Remedy Entertainment, put out a blog post today talking about a new relationship they have with 505 Games. That's a publisher. And essentially what they said is they're going to have two new games that they're working on in the Control universe. They said that they see Control as more of a world than an individual game with a single story. And so they're going to actually be doing a multiplayer spin-off, which is super interesting for them. Uh, and here's what they said in the blog post, quote, We get that there's going to be skepticism about multiplayer, but I believe we can create shared experiences without compromising the unique DNA of who we are or the stories we want to tell. We see it as an exciting challenge. What would a Remedy multiplayer game look like? End quote. And you know, this studio has always been very intentional about how they position their games and communicate about their games, that I actually have quite a bit of optimism for that. And they said that they also have another project in the Control universe. It's going to be probably a sequel or just another game in the franchise. And it's going to have a bigger budget than Control had. So if you were a fan of that game or that studio... There's lots to look forward to, probably many years down the line, but they've given some kind of indication there. Okay, and I think the last thing I would like to talk about today is Silent Hill, because we had an interesting announcement today that Konami and Bloober team are going to be 
basically a new partnership. And if you don't know, Bloober Team, most well-known for creating horror games. They most recently did The Medium. And this is something that has been rumored for a while, Konami working with outsourced developers to make more Silent Hill games, and the fact that they are bringing in one of the most well-known horror developers out there right now, it's an easy link to make. Now, there have been journalistic reports that Konami's actually doing multiple Silent Hill projects with various studios, and that because of some recent disappointments of in-house created Konami games, they're actually more willing to contract their IPs out to other studios now. And I just think this is pretty exciting for fans of the franchise, because, I mean, the most recent game came out in 2012, Silent Hill Downpour, and even that wasn't all that well-received. And then they've kind of been teasing Silent Hill for a while. Showed up in Dead by Daylight, showed up in a game called Dark Deception, but still no mainline title. And of course, who could forget the infamous P.T. back when Hideo Kojima was going to take a stab at Silent Hill. So anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there, thought it was interesting. But that's all the time I got. Thanks for being here, folks. Also want to give a huge thanks to ASDRZA for leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That is tremendously helpful for the growth of this show. And I'll be back with the news tomorrow, as always. So until next time, happy gaming, everyone. It's the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. Uh, a continuation from yesterday's after show. The Ling One in the Discord server mentioned that they are also somebody who always saves at least something for every conceivable emergency. And then they brought up an example which was also very true to me, which was Minecraft using stone pickaxes instead of diamond just to save on the durability. And this was so true to me. So if you don't play Minecraft, there's different levels of pickaxes and tools that you can use, and each of them have more and more durability. If you have a stone pickaxe, it'll break after X number of blocks. Diamond will be, you know, 100 times more than that, even more. And I really vibed with this because when I play Minecraft, even if I have abundant amounts of diamonds, for some reason, I will never actually use the tools that I make out of diamonds because it always feels like wasting them. Even though the whole point of making them is to use them so that you don't have to make, you know, tools as often, I still end up just thinking to myself like, oh... I might need this for something, even though I literally don't. I don't know, there's a few exceptions, but for the most part, you may as well just use it. So anyway, I'm glad I'm not alone. And hopefully one day I'm going to find a game that's going to be able to break me out of that. Uh, actually, Crimson on the Discord mentioned that they played Monster Hunter World, or I guess any Monster Hunter, and that's what taught them to use all of their resources, because it actually made the fights easier, and because you can always just make more later, no problem. So, I don't know, maybe it's just forcing yourself to do it. It's funny, I always like, when it comes to video games, I'm like, oh, I want people to be creative. I want them to do fun things. And sometimes when they go a little bit out of the box, like I'm playing Prey right now, and I don't want to say what it is for fear of spoilers. Like, I really think that's a game you want to go into not knowing anything. But the upgrade tree in that game lets you do something a little unique. And the more you tap into that uniqueness, the more your game is going to change a little bit. If you've played the game, I hope you know what I'm talking about. It involves modifying your body in certain ways. And that's like totally the type of mechanic where I'm like, yes, I love that the developers did that. And I love that the option is there for people who want to do it. And then every time I'm like, ah, I'm too scared to do it. I'm going to screw it up. So I really have to push myself. It's always, it's like, um, it's like taking the evil path of RPGs. Like, I love that the option is there. 
I love that I can boot up Mass Effect or Fallout and be like, just a total a-hole. But I never do it. I feel too bad when I do it. You know, in Fallout 3, you can literally, like, just take the evil path and literally nuke an entire city of living people. And I've only ever watched the cutscene for that on YouTube. I could never bear to do it myself. Now, that's more out of, like, a compassion and morality thing. The situation in Prey has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with me being too scared to go outside of my comfort zone in an already uncomfortable game. But again, maybe I just have to do it. I just want to see what what developers have made, you know? Anyway, super happy with Prey so far. I think the atmospheres are great. I played a little bit more today. It definitely has me excited to play it, which I can't always say with new games that I try out, and you know that by listening to this show. I do still have some other games on my mind, though, like Octopath Traveler. You remember I was playing that? I still think about that every now and then. I'm like, I'm excited to go back and play that. I was also in the middle of Final Fantasy X, which I have not been able to play because my Xbox has not been hooked up for the last two or three weeks. So as soon as we have a couch in this house that we're living in and a TV to play on, I'm hopefully going to boot up Final Fantasy X. Anyway, folks, that's about all the time I got. Uh, I think I'm going to do a mailbag this weekend. I haven't done one in a very long time. I think it's been close to a month at this point. So I'll give you the prompt for that tomorrow. And uh, that's about all I got for you. Hope you're doing well. Talk to you tomorrow.